Life Audio. Welcome to the Crosswalk Devotional. We're glad to have you listening. Today's topic is a reminder that God sees you. We'll return with the devotional after a brief message from one of our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. God Sees Our Troubles by Chris Eit Read by Leah Martin You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Luke 10, 41b and 42a We had a 180-mile journey ahead of us, and the kids were happy enough in the back of our large estate car, which we'd owned for years, and we trundled along the motorway. I was keen to get to our destination and a reunion with my close relatives. My wife was the driver and patiently endured my awful jokes as we headed east. Suddenly, a small light flashed on the dashboard. I ignored it. My two approaches to tech gone wrong are, one, hit the malfunctioning item with my fist, as in punching a flickering TV, this actually works well, or two, pretend I don't see the potential problem and hope that Someone with expertise will materialize and then fix it. Anyway, I couldn't really punch the dashboard and I tried ignoring the light, but it didn't disappear. I got my phone and turned to the 21st century font of all wisdom, Google. It says the flashing symbol means the engine's overheating. If we carry on driving, it might kill the engine. We need to pull over immediately. The overheating symbol disappeared. And then the battery symbol flashed, and that was it. The engine died. My wife skillfully brought the car to a stop on the rescue lane of the motorway. My children began firing questions as we fumbled for rescue service documents. I sensed danger as the car rocked and jolted in the airflow of trucks and cars hurtling down the road beside us. It was a highly perilous situation, so we got the kids out and away from the car leading them carefully into the brambles and discarded litter behind a safety barrier. We made our way to a steel staircase below a highway sign, and I tried to sound cheerful. Neither my wife nor my kids were happy, but at least we were all safe. Look, my wife pointed to highway patrol officers who had pulled up behind our isolated car. I ran to meet them and, not being much of a jogger, leaned through their open window and panted like an unfit dog, explaining the situation in between gasps of polluted air. 
they got us back into our car and towed us to the nearest service station. A road rescue man then arrived and lifted up the hood of our car. Oil was splattered all over the engine, and he shook his head sadly. Head gasket's blown. It'll cost a lot of money to fix. We discussed our options, and he towed us to a village garage in the middle of nowhere. The mechanics told us it would take two weeks to repair and cost hundreds. I didn't have hundreds, but we had no choice but to leave the car with them. We still needed to get to our destination with relatives for very personal reasons, and we couldn't return home because friends were staying in our house for a mini-break. So we bundled our belongings into bags and said goodbye to the car. I was frustrated about the apples, a whole box of crisp apples from our tree. We had to leave them in the car boot to rot. A local taxi took us ten miles to the nearest city railway station. Trains were canceled. I went to the nearest hotel, but there were no rooms. My phone was also out of battery. I had to hook up the charger to a socket on a wall pillar. My little son was so tired he was lying down on the station's dirty floor. We fed the kids and unhealthy takeaway while I scrolled online for a hotel. I found it, 35 miles away. The taxi wasn't cheap. We got there very late, and my wife and I hardly slept. The next day, we had to pay for another 10-mile taxi trip to get to a train. We reached our destination 24 hours after we'd planned and enjoyed the reunion with relatives. But I had burned through my budget for the week. We also needed a car for the trips to and from school when we returned. We live on the edge of a woodland full of oak, birchwoods, and beechwoods within the beautiful confines of a sandy waterfront peninsula facing the Atlantic. It's impossible to get the children to school without a car. Yet we couldn't afford to buy another vehicle. Car hire wasn't a long-term option, and we realized the intended repairs on our dead red wagon were just too expensive. I phoned the garage and told them to scrap it. We returned home by train at the end of the week. However, in a far more positive frame of mind. God is gracious. An older lady in my hometown church community, a wonderful servant of God, heard about our predicament, and she kindly gave us money to buy another car, which we purchased the following week. It was an incredible moment of generosity. There's one thing that stands out when I look back on those couple of days of craziness with travel disruption. We didn't prioritize prayer. I think we mumbled a prayer at the railway station while munching hamburgers, but otherwise we let the immediacy of the situation get to us. But God sees things. He sees our situations, and He is always present in whatever happens. Our responsibility is to turn it all over to Him. And what's amazing is that He understands our frailties and our whimsical worrying, but shows loving provision for our needs when we're in trouble. Jesus himself said that even the hairs on our heads are counted. We have no excuse to worry, but we have every excuse to trust. It's a lesson I learned the week our car broke down, and a kindly elderly lady bought us another one. Intersecting Life and Faith How do you seek God in times of trouble? Do you have a worry list? Spend time with the Lord and go through the list together. Talk to Him about it 
and listen to him. Set yourself a challenge, such as writing out 10 Bible verses about faith in times of trouble and learn those verses by heart. For further reading, explore Matthew 6, 25-34, 1 Kings 17, 7-16, and John 16, 33. The Crosswalk Devotional is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together, we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.